0: A year ago, the world changed completely. We really weren't sure what businesses were gonna thrive or really, let's be honest, survive. So I wanted to know how entrepreneurs and organizations were positively pivoting their businesses in this unknown world. Now it's been a year and people are continuing to thrive and come up with unique ways to have their business and have their organization do the things that they used to, but just a little bit differently. Welcome to season two of Coping 19. Okay, so it's been a year since the pandemic and uh, we honestly, like I didn't think it was going to go on this long, but um, I was wrong. And I uh, you know, a lot of things have changed in many different industries and theater being one of them. My background, my first love is theater. I was in theater schools. I've done many theater performances before I went into broadcasting. And it's something that I love being an audience member in, and I love being on the stage. So I hope it's something here to stay for sure. That's why I wanted to bring in my next guest, uh, Victor Dolhai, who is an accomplished theater actor, film actor, friend, and also fellow UVic grad as well. And we're going to discuss theater because it's been a year, and you know some companies have tried a few little different things for live performances, and there was some theater right before christmas uh arts club is trying out a new model but unfortunately that all came to a halt when the numbers rose again and right now theater is um dormant for now but uh not dead so how are you victor
1: i'm great thank you so much for having me here this is so exciting
0: i'm excited this is not the first time that i've interviewed you <laughs> uh i actually mm-hmm. have interviewed you on my radio show a long time ago as well
1: wow blast from the past yeah. what was that to uh 20 that was uh 2014
0: so facebook actually just posted a photo of us at the radio station it was six years ago <laughs>
1: wow so yeah 20 2014 i think right 2015 anyway that was in prince george that was for a production of billy bishop goes to war with my buddy david Lation at theater northwest Shout out to Theatre Northwest and to David Lation.
0: <laughs> Six years ago, Theatre, you were traveling, working actor in theatre. Uh, that's how I was able that? to rekindle do, our friendship
1: do you remember? Uh, in Prince George. Do you remember that? Just remember that around, carefree, <laughs> breathing the air, being sardined into subways with strangers, no worries, opening nights, just touching whatever, any surface, all the cups, food out on tables. Do you remember those days?
0: So remember and that's how I re-saw you was opening night it was in the little uh reception part after you were passing me a glass of wine. I think you were handing out wine to all the people that came to see you and yeah, you can't do that now.
1: Not at all. Yeah, well, thank you again for having me on your show. We, we have lots to talk about. It's been a it's been an interesting year. and I might as well just segue into I I remember I was sitting in a coffee shop and it was just email After I'm sure everybody out there can completely understand but there is just like email after email after email being like this is cancelled this is cancelled this is cancelled I was supposed to do a gig with Vancouver Opera I'm not an opera singer but they were they needed some physical theater kind of movement people in their in their next production and that was going to be Super exciting at the Queen Elizabeth Theater, like a 3,000 seat house, which I've never played before. And that got canceled. I'm like, oh shit, like, how am I going to pay my rent? <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely been a wild ride.
0: It's one of those moments that I feel like I was watching TV and I felt like I was in a show and I felt like I was in a movie yeah. about the apocalypse. And I was like, oh, okay, this is. And I was going through a career transition at the time. And I was like, not a good time to look for work.
1: I had one of my best friends in in Vancouver. They were here, standing away from this really bad situation in Victoria, which is my hometown. And, And they were there across from me while I was getting all of these emails. And then basically we both went straight back to the apartment. And I just thought, well, nothing's happening. Everything's canceled. I might as well just go back to the island and sequester myself there. And I packed a suitcase and it was just so surreal being like I literally have no idea the next time I'll come back. Long story short, I didn't end up staying that long, but I did end up going back in the summer for like three or four months. But uh, yeah, it was totally surreal day. And it was um, it was basically the start of a lot of the arts world, the entertainment industry shifting gears into new territories that we have never been in before, you know, which is exciting and challenging but ultimately good. You're talking to a glass half full kind of person here. I'm an optimistic guy. So there's going to be a lot of like positive talk during during this session, because uh, that's just who I am.
0: It's all about being positive. And that's why I started Coping19. It's a positive perspective on different businesses, on different entrepreneurs, just different careers. And I wanted to create positivity in such a dark time. And I think we're going to see a huge resurgence and a mini renaissance, I think, for the arts. I think this is not new. Uh, many, many people in history have gone through different types of pandemics and, and wars and things like that. And art really thrived afterwards and getting their creative juices flowing and like we've gotten some great literary works I was reading somewhere that Shakespeare during one of the plagues wrote King Lear you know things that maybe we wouldn't have never had um Mm -hmm. if we didn't and I think right now is there's a lot of juices flowing and I think we'll see a lot of uh great things in theater and film and and maybe creative ideas because you know there's only so much time that you can do like third sequel to another sequel of an (laughs) of the same movie (laughs)
1: Totally. With that King Lear thing, it was kind of trending on Instagram and social media. And a lot of performers, particularly performers who create their own content, were passing it around as, I think, fodder for creativity. Like, oh, Shakespeare wrote King Lear during the pandemic. Well, like, but, well, you should you should get on that and write your own King Lear, right? And that's great. But I also want to hold space for the people who were just surviving day to day, you know? Like, Not everybody's going to be in a place where they feel creative and that's totally fine. You know, I completely honor and respect all the people out there who, if they got through the day, that was enough, you know? So I think there's definitely, I just want to hold space for those folks, but also realize that for other people, it, it was an opportunity to have a lot more free time, to restructure their days in ways that allowed them to be more creative and to work towards goals that they perhaps weren't able to before. That was one of the things that I found for myself during the pandemic was, or the lockdown period especially, was that the days were opened and we weren't allowed to do anything. So I'm just genuinely a more creative person. I like to be busy. I like to be working towards certain things or goals. That was an opportunity for me to try new things that I had never tried before. There are other avenues that I could be exploring. And I started to explore during the pandemic. Somebody said to me, a really basic writing exercise is just once a day, just write one page. It can be anything. It could be a poem, it could be a diary entry, a dialogue, a monologue, uh, anything at all. It's just the mechanical um, motion, the working out of those muscles that day after day after day will contribute to maybe something of use down the line.
0: I think that's great. I think it also helps with mental health too. And like, I know for me, um, I enjoy writing. Again, I don't do it as much as I should. Um, Something that people don't know that I did way back in the day, which I haven't really told anyone. I found them when I moved out, but I used to do poetry back in high school and we had a poetry magazine. We called it a zine. We were so cool back then. And um, I have all these little zines. So cool. little zines. And I wrote all this poetry that I didn't even remember. And I was like, whoa. But I know, right before the pandemic, I started uh, stand up comedy and a short lived stand up comedy career. <laughs> Did a few that shows. is
1: seriously brave. I have yet to do that. I think that is so awesome. That's one thing that's on my list of things to try.
0: If you want a lesson in writing, I feel like comedy writing is such an eye opener because I took a course on it and it's so different than what you think it is. And like, I'm a performer, you're a performer. So I was going at it from like performing standpoint, opposed to like, this is how you structure it. And it it was so, it took me a while to like grasp the two things. And then once I had it, it was better.
1: Yeah, awesome. I wish I could have been there for your showcase. And I hope that you keep doing it in that post-pandemic the stand-up comedian Jennifer Gunson gets back on the mic and crushes the crowd.
0: Thank you. And maybe I'll write some more poetry. <laughs>
1: and why not? Like, that's the thing. Like, who cares? It doesn't need to be good. Like, who cares? Just keep doing it. If it makes you happy and it, and it inspires you, just keep those juices flowing. If, if it makes you feel during a global pandemic, awesome. Just keep it going, you know? Well,
0: that's the thing. Like I think like we were saying, ri- writing is good for mental health and just like a lot of people have dived into writing because it's just a way for them to feel good during this time of uncertainty.
1: I had to experience that day to day growth on a physical level to be able to apply to other aspects of my life, whether that be creative or spiritual or mental or whatever, you, you know, whatever you're working towards, it truly is doing something day to day, even if it's a small way, That will add up in a year.
0: As a theater actor, you guys are very, very physical. You know, you spend a lot of time taking movement classes and even voice classes and everything like that. Do you think it's something that a lot of theater actors will be able to jump right back into when theater starts rolling again?
1: Oh, that's a really great question because it has to do, there's no general answer to this. It's every single person is unique in their own way and everybody is going to have their own structure or no structure when it comes to their craft there's this part of me that is obsessive and and wants to be like, you want to make shit happen. Then like, you want to be an actor, then you have to practice. You have to see yourself as an athlete. You have to work out every day. You know, like you, you, you want to be, you want to be a good actor. Okay. Well, like once a day, do a vocal warm-up. Do something physical. Or read a book or read a play or memorize a monologue or call your friends and read a scene. You know, like there's all that stuff that you need to do yourself. But you're not being paid for that. And it all has to be self-motivated. And that's really hard. And there's and there's obviously like the whole other side of the other part of me that's like, I don't want to do any of that. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: But it goes back to to just like if you feel like it continue your craft and continue of thinking of different ways to be creative during this time my only hope though is like as like years go on I, my only worry is the fact that i feel like we're gonna have so much content about people <laughs> being in a pandemic which i'm already i don't know about you i'm already burnt out like i watch the new tv shows that are all doctor shows get it they're trying to be current but everyone is doing their own take on the pandemic and i'm like i just don't want to live this is me personally i'm like i want to live in a world of no pandemic i'm not ready to watch movies about it yet
1: Mm Mm-hmm. That's why there's been such a massive boom in streaming and content creation is people want to escape. They don't want to live in the real world. So I think, yeah, it might be trendy to have some content where people are wearing masks or dealing with a pandemic. But I think we'll we'll probably see a trend towards the opposite of creating more fantasy worlds and just people escaping through their TV shows, through their movies. Escapism has always been a really big part of, of show business and if you can sneak in a few, you know, observations about society or something constructive to say about the world we live in, then that's great, but for the most part a lot of it is escapism.
0: Well, I'll be ready for it in like 40 years for us to revisit topics about that. Just like now I find it so interesting that a lot of the shows pre-pandemic have like are taking place in the 80s i was born in the 80s so i wasn't like super old but i i can relate to like some of the clothing that the mom wears and stuff because that's what my mom wore and so i like the fact that we're revisiting the 80s now but i'm not ready to revisit covid yet maybe in 40 years
1: the one thing that i'm sure of is that theater theater is not going anywhere theater has been around for thousands of years and it will continue to be around because that basically theater is storytelling And storytelling is at the core of who we are as human beings, I think. And so, yeah, theater theater's not going anywhere. It will adapt. It will grow. It will change. And that's a good thing. Change is essential to growth and to evolution. And I'm excited. I'm really excited to see where theater will go in the future. There might be a few years where shows are really small. There's just two or three people. There may be a, a few years where audiences are smaller. We'll see, we'll see. And that'll be super super fascinating. Hopefully we'll, we'll live to a point where we'll be able to look back and see what happened during this time. You know, like what, what happened in theater in 2020s? Like, we'll, we'll see what was trending and, what companies were doing
0: but that's what the arts club their model was super cool before christmas because they had a smaller play but they had two casts and they would flip the cast each night and that cast would only be in their bubble so you know even if people having the vaccine there might be different ways to do that too because i I don't think we'll just throw the restrictions wide open right away i think we'll come up with different ways
1: i feel like people Who are meant to come back to it will come back to it or will just adapt. We're Humans are such adaptable beings. If your life takes a different turn, that's fine. The older I get, the more I go, why do I want to be stuck in one facet for my whole life? There are so many things that I could do that have nothing to do with theater or nothing to do with acting. There are so many things. Who's to say that I couldn't just go back to school and learn a completely different career? And there's there, there's something amazing about that because life is full of variety. If COVID sparks that change for people, I think that's ultimately a really beautiful thing.
0: Like, this is not new that theater has been shut down. Like, I, w- I was researching and... um You know, during Shakespeare's times, they said the longest that the theaters were shut down, like they were shut down multiple times, but the longest was 14 months for the bubonic plague. That's a long time. Like we're 12 months in now. And Mm -hmm. I thought, wow, this is unreal. But it's happened before. Yeah, absolutely. And theater came back. Theater is resilient. People that, and and that's what it is. People that do theater or work on theater are amazing people. They're very resilient people and they're not doing it to make huge bucks. They're doing it because they love it. And I think that what makes theater Unstoppable because there's so much passion.
1: Absolutely, a hundred percent. It's been really interesting to just see how film and TV has been coping during this time as well. And the bottom line is that the budgets are just completely like you cannot compare the budgets of theater to the budgets of film and television in any way. You know, if you're on a if you're on a series right now, you're getting you know COVID tested multiple times a week and the cost of COVID testing a cast and a crew is more than some theater companies have for their entire yearly budget i just (laughs) the amount of money that gets spent on ppe on masks on face shields on on all of this daily protective gear again it's like the entire yearly budget for a small theater company you you just can't even compare
0: but before we go, I was touched a little bit because you're also a film actor. And the other thing that went digital, I did have somebody on about digital film festivals in the last few episodes, but your film that you were part of, raf i got to watch on the online vancouver film festival which i think opens up more doors to more viewers honestly I, yes i like going to the theater and watching and have, sitting with my popcorn and enjoying that and, and all the film festival activities but i hope they do keep a small component online because i think it opens all these great films to more viewers absolutely we'll talk a little bit about your the film but it was so interesting to me because i watched raf and without giving it Totally away, but I know you guys filmed it before COVID and everything happened before COVID. But it was interesting while watching it because it's a story of of this young woman. I found like it was interesting to watch the pandemic because I found her really relatable because I felt like she was very isolated and lonely through the film. So it was interesting to me that it had like through my eyes kind of like a pandemic. Quality, even though she was living in the real world, because there weren't many people like that she was around, and and she was in a basement suite. And um...
1: the character of Rath played by Grace Glowacki, um, and she she meets uh, the character of Tal, Jesse Stanley, played by Jesse Stanley, and they're basically the movies about them their the blossoming of their friendship, what happens between the two of them. They both come from very different classes in life. They both have very different families, jobs, all all that. And um, I play Scott, who is Tal's brother who pops up at the end of the movie. Thank you so much for watching it. I hope you liked it.
0: I did. Um, You're such a lovely guy and I don't want to give it away, but you're not maybe the nicest character. (laughs) at the end of the movie Um, which is so different to me and it was really cool to see you play someone completely different because for people that don't know Victor he's like the sweetest guy you'll ever meet and very positive so to watch him play somebody that is maybe not with those exact qualities I was kind of like okay but that that's what makes a great actor
1: honestly that's what makes a good director because when we were shooting it, and we shot yeah we shot it in 2018 yeah we shot it in 2018 wow it's a long time ago and I just was having fun, you know, playing this brother. And then in the context of the film, my character is like totally different than what I imagined him to be. Um, yeah, the power of editing, the power of uh, storytelling is very different. It's composed very differently in film and TV than it is from theater. There's a saying where it's film is the director's medium, TV is the producer's medium, and theater is the actor's medium. And I think that holds true. I think it yeah, holds like true. It.
0: One quick thing: Um, What are your thoughts? And this is just your general thoughts. There's no right or wrong on theater in the future after pandemic.
1: I'm hopeful that there will be a renaissance, there will be a flourishing movement of art and entertainment after this. I think people will be really, really happy to be together, to be amongst one another in crowds. Experiencing something by yourself or with one other person is very different than experiencing a story with a hundred people or a thousand people in a room. So I don't think that that's going anywhere. That community, that communion, cathartic nature of theater, I don't think that's going to go anywhere. And I'm really excited about that because I feel that the, all the, the all the work that we're doing on, on ourselves as artists during this very, very challenging time, I think when you put those two things together, the desire to be again with a group of people experiencing a story combined with the the, the gems that we are currently unearthing from our lives through the challenges of living through a pandemic. I think those two things combined are going to make for some really exciting art in the future.
0: Yeah, and I'm hopeful many years later when you and I are not here anymore and the history books talks about the pandemic, I hope it's just not all about Zoom and masks. I hope it talks about some great art created during this time.
1: I think it's already happening. I mean, like, there's so much great music that's being produced. There's so many people who are just churning out albums. I mean, look at Taylor Swift. Like, there's like three albums there in a year. I oh, know. Right? Just, just as an example.
0: Oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Victor. That was so lovely. I really appreciate you doing this for me.
1: My pleasure.
0: That was another episode of Coping 19. For more information about the show, head on over to podcastconsulting.ca, where the show lives, and of course you can find us on Spotify through that website, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the list goes on. If you want more information on how to create your own podcast or or a podcast for your business to get more brand exposure. All that information is on the website podcastconsulting.ca. Or maybe you want to be a guest on season two of Coping 19. Feel free to head on over to the site and contact me, Jennifer Lee. Looking forward to speaking with you soon. Bye for now.